This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, SARM calls for a provincial moratorium on wild boar farming in Saskatchewan. We also talk with SARM President Ray Orb about the truckers' protest and the upcoming semi-annual meeting in Regina. Real Agriculture looks at fruit and vegetable production in Canada and efforts to increase fruit and vegetable production. Drew Lerner with World Weather Inc. talks about the spring forecast for the major grain producing areas of the world, including Russia and North America. We have the latest provincial feeder cattle market summary. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Saskatchewan rural municipalities are pushing the Mo government to place a moratorium on wild boar farming. SARM President Ray Orb says wild boars were introduced in this province in the late 1970s as domestic livestock, but have escaped to the wild. He says wild boars are a serious problem in rural Saskatchewan, causing damage to crops and other farm property. We've had um, resolutions uh, in the past that came to our conventions. Yeah, and the la- one of the last ones was in regards to the moratorium on uh, wild boar game farms, and this was because. I guess of our frustration of what was happening in rural Saskatchewan with, you know, the, these uh, wild boars really starting to invade the countryside and it being really hard to control. So pretty well, every convention that we have, this topic keeps coming up and that's why we're uh, we're drawing it to people's attention this year. You want the province to bring in a full moratorium on wild boar farming? Yeah, we did. We did ask in the past for the province to do that, and uh, the province has not yet decided to do that. And I know there were some control measures that you know Saskatchewan Crop Insurance uh, was uh, undertaking, but uh, we've asked for that in the past. Uh, just simply uh, something that needs to be brought in, and the ag minister at the time was thinking about that, but uh, to this date, it hasn't been done. I understand that they can be quite a pest, an invasive species that got uh, that escaped into the wild and now are causing some serious problems. Outline those problems for me. They are really a problem, and they're really a uh, you know an elusive kind of animal uh, to control. They're very hard to hunt because well, they do uh, reproduce very quickly. Um, they're also you know basically nocturnal. They they move around a lot at night, so they're really hard to control. And I know in the past. You know, they have been hunted, but sometimes, actually, the hunters, uh, if they're not careful, they might disperse those herds of wild boars. So it just simply uh, moves them out into a different area, and they just reproduce in different areas. So they're very they're very prolific. They're very hardy, and uh, that's why they're so hard to control. I understand they can cause some crop damage. They really can destroy parts of a field. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen lots of pictures. 
you know, even as far down south as Texas in the United States, where they've just really ruined some of the countryside, and especially when they get into cropland uh, or, you know, even native pasture, they cause a lot of damage in a short period of time. They get to be uh, quite large. Some of the adults can be quite large, you know, even they're exceeding 200 pounds. And, um, you know, they're actually, they can be dangerous as well because uh, they have been known to attack uh, dogs on the farm and, and animals like that. So, uh a pretty high risk to have them out there. How big is the wild boar problem in Saskatchewan? How many RMs? We're not sure exactly. We have done some surveys in the past, but you know that's something we probably need to go back to look at again. I know that the Ministry of Environment has done some work on it, and I think they do ask hunters to report if they do see them. So they probably have some uh, better information on that than, uh, than even we do at this time. But uh, we, we can uh, go back to them again and, and talk to the ministry about that. But I believe Osarm has said in the past over 60 rural municipalities in southern Saskatchewan have overpopulated boars. Yeah, there are there are 60 that have reported that, uh, that they have problems. But, you know, I think we could say to, you know, with some confidence that there are actually more than that because there probably are some areas where they haven't been seen, you know. So, uh, as I mentioned, uh, it's something that we're watching and that we want, we would like to discuss, you know, with our members in the, in the future. Ray Orb is the president of SARM. Coming up, he discusses the trucker protest and the upcoming SARM annual meeting in Regina. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca Rural crime, internet access and drought aid are expected to be among the issues raised at the SARM annual meeting in Regina in mid-March. President Ray Orbs' his delegates are looking forward to an in-person meeting after almost two years of COVID-19 disruptions. Border blockades in Alberta and Manitoba have cleared, but a trucker protest remains in place in Ottawa, and the federal government has declared the Emergency Measures Act. I asked Ray Orb for a comment on the trucker protest. Yeah, of course, we've been, you know, we've been watching that, uh, that trucking convoy in Ottawa and, you know, some of the other convoys uh, that have been taking place, uh, you know, even in Saskatchewan and uh, particularly in, in southern Alberta. Uh, you know, I think we're of the opinion where we felt that the prime minister uh, should have addressed this problem earlier on, whereas it was not addressed and this convoy grew to a, quite a large size. And we we think that the prime minister should have just taken the time and, and gone to meet with those truckers. Now it's it's gone to a situation where the uh, federal government has invoked this Emergencies Act, and which is being debated now uh, in the House of Commons. And we actually talked to one of the uh, Saskatchewan conservative federal conservative caucus members and uh, asked about the situation. And it seems like the federal government, uh, the Liberal government and the NDP opposition are, are going to vote in favor of that. And it seems harsh, whereas, you know, some consultation, you know, could have prevented some of this. And we think it's quite serious and uh, we're concerned about it. You're in the middle of a SARM board meeting. What are some of the key topics being uh, discussed today? Well, of course, one of the things that's on our agenda is the upcoming March convention. That's really, uh, you know, just a month away. Uh, it's going to be held here in Regina. And we're going back face-to-face, looking forward to that, due to some of the uh, the provinces backing off on some of the COVID restrictions. So we're quite excited about that. We think our members are ready to meet face-to-face. Keeping in mind, you know, we need to still 
keep some protocols in in mind. Uh, we need to make sure, you know, uh, people that don't feel uh, confident about taking their masks off, they can still wear their masks if they so please. But if the restrictions that have been taken off remain in place, uh, we're confident we're going to have a good turnout. Sometimes at these conventions, we have as many as uh, as 2,000 delegates. So we've got uh, an agenda that's already on uh, on our website and so that people can go on our sarm.ca and they can see what's on the agenda. What will be some of the key topics you think raised during the SARM annual meeting in Regina in mid-March? Well, we have some resolutions that are uh, already on our website. They're um, there for people to see. But also, you know, one of the things I think that's uh, really key is, uh, is the bear pit session. Uh, we have the premier speaking, and we have all the cabinet ministers that are going to be there. And we also have a, a session, um, actually a few sessions, uh, where our members can dialogue with the ministers. So they uh, will meet with, you know, Minister of Environment, Agriculture, Government Relations, and they'll have good discussions, I'm sure, about some of the issues that are going on in rural Saskatchewan. One of those issues, of course, you know, will be will be rural crime. I know that always comes up at our conventions. You know, we have been consulting with the RCMP and, you know, we're trying to uh, promote the Rural Crime Watch Association, the the Provincial Association, and uh, they'll be speaking there at our convention as well as a presentation on rural broadband and the issues that we have with poor connectivity around the rural areas. And we have a panel at our convention that will be speaking about what SARM has been doing to um, convince the federal government to put more money into Saskatchewan so the connectivity can be improved. Do you think drought aid or drought issues will be raised? I suspect the drought uh, issues will come up either in the bear pit or uh, they will they will come up during the uh, dialogue session with the Minister of Agriculture. I'm quite confident that will because, you know, we're watching this the drought monitor and we're seeing the federal drought map Still, a large part of our province is very dry, in spite of some of the snow that we have. But uh, there just hasn't been enough rainfall uh, that was, that was uh, general last fall to give us a good sense that the drought has ended. Contrary, we think that uh, we will be in trouble in some areas of the province if we don't get good rainfall in the spring. Ray Orb is the president of SARM. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your Real Agriculture update. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation, along with Real Agriculture, invite you to join us for a webinar on conservation easements on Thursday, March 3rd at 8 o'clock central. Find out more and register for the webinar at realagriculture.com slash SSGF. Hi, I'm Bernard Tobin. Welcome to Real Agriculture. As much as 80% of Canada's fresh fruit and vegetables are supplied through imports. Do we grow enough of our own fruit and vegetables in this country? Can we grow more? Earlier this week, the Western Family Foundation announced a competition to generate new and innovative ideas to help grow more fresh fruit and vegetables here in Canada. The foundation is investing $33 million in what it's calling the Homegrown Innovation Challenge. And to tell us more about it, I'm joined by Foundation Project Chair and Director Tamara Rebanks. Hi, Tamara. Hey, thanks for joining me. Hi, Byrne. Thank you so much for inviting me in to speak today. 
Hey, let's let's start with the Western Family Foundation, Tamara. Uh, it's been doing philanthropic work for for almost sixty years. Tell us a little bit about it. Yes, so it's a family foundation based in Canada which was started by my grandparents, Garfield and Rita Weston, more than 60 years ago, with the express goal of giving back to Canada. Our mission is clear, to support work that will have a measurable impact on the well-being of Canadians. Tell us about the Homegrown Innovation Challenge you've announced now. Um, it sounds like a creative way to spur innovation. How does it work? Um, so let me step back a bit and say that over the past year and a bit, we met with more than 50 experts in public policy and government economics to tell us what we could do to help with key issues and potential solutions that could better position Canada for a different future um, coming out of the pandemic. And so we heard about the supply chains and that we were too reliant on unsustainable production methods so we thought that an innovation challenge, which is a tried and tested way to attract new innovators to change the status quo, um, it also encourages incumbents to redirect their efforts or think about a problem in a new way. So it seemed like something that had been used uh, elsewhere outside of Canada and would be a great way to bring creative people and incentivize them to solve a tough problem. Now, the foundation um, could have selected any number of agriculture sectors um, to focus on here, but you're, you're, you're focusing on, f um, on fruit, with specifically on berries. Why that focus? So, first of all, berries are intrinsically Canadian, and our country has more than 200 native berries. Secondly, berry production is technically challenging, but not impossible. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, berry production is really a means to an end. If innovators can address the challenge statement, um, they will have catalyzed a range of solutions relevant to other crops as well. And if they can do this in a cost-effective way, this will bring down the price of healthy and sustainably grown food for all Canadians. And um, maybe I'll just uh, stop there and just tell you the specific challenge statement, which um, is specifically that we're inviting innovators to create and deliver a market-ready system to reliably, sustainably, and competitively produce berries out of seeds and at scale in Canada. Now, the challenge progresses through, I think, three phases over a six-year period period, Tamara, um, and you expect innovations to be market-ready between 2024 and 2028. Um, so what type of innovations do you expect to emerge? You know, what does the berry industry need to grow more berries in Canada? Well, it's, we expect there to be many innovations that come out of this challenge and not just a few. And we think that all of them could lead to more sustainable berry production in Canada. So, for example, uh, we're going to need changes to extend the growing season. We're going to need changes to plant breeding and engineering to produce more drought-tolerant plants. We might need to find uh, the right levels of temperature and light to maximize production and additionally develop efficient and more sustainable energy systems to deal with um, indoor growing. 
So uh, innovations could be in a variety of areas. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, two centimeters of snow beginning this afternoon. Wind southeast, 30 gusting to 50. The high today, minus 6, 30% chance of evening flurries and blowing snow overnight. Windy, low minus 16. Wind chill minus 13 tonight, minus 29 overnight. Friday, partly cloudy, blowing snow in the morning, wind northwest 40, gusting to 60. Temperature steady near minus 17. Wind chill near minus 30. 30% chance of evening flurries and the low minus 23. Saturday, periods of rain, the high plus 3. Evening periods of rain or snow and the low minus 22. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 18, the low minus 28. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 18, the low minus 27. Tuesday, sunny, the high minus 18, the low minus 24. Wednesday, sunny, the high minus 15. Normal high for this date is minus 6, the normal low minus 18. The sun rose at 8.06 this morning. It sets at 6.18 tonight. And around the province, right now the hot spot is Maple Creek at plus 3. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids, minus 31. Esteban is minus 19, Saskatoon minus 18, Swift Current minus 11, Weyburn minus 20, Yorkton minus 25. In Regina with overcast skies and light snow, it's minus 22, that's 7 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 37, the wind chill right now minus 36. Humidity 70%, the barometer falling 102.0. Cloudy and Moose Jaw minus 17, winds are from the east southeast at 28. Once again, Regina overcast and light snow. It's minus 22. That's 7 below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer is just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Drew Lerner with World Weather Inc. takes a look at weather world projections for the upcoming growing season. He starts with Russia and Kazakhstan. The bad dryness in parts of uh, Kazakhstan and neighboring areas of Russia has not gone away. They still have a dryness problem just like we do. Now, the question is, will it stay or is it going to go away? Well, there's evidence that it probably will be a tough start like we are going to see here. This is NASA's uh, groundwater estimated drought uh, model. Uh, All the dark reds on here are areas where the groundwater is way below normal. And uh, it does include a part of Kazakhstan and and certainly a much larger part of Russia's cropland. Now, 
the west half of the circled area, they've got a lot of snow on the ground and they're on the road to recovery. When they get into spring, this area is gonna be more moist. But areas to the right of that dashed line, they still have a, a significant moisture deficit down deep. And just like we have frozen ground, they have frozen ground. So even though it's precipitating in some of this area, it may not be able to get into the ground. So we're gonna be watching this area real closely for potential problems. Lerner will also monitor the three most northern eastern provinces of China for dryness in the coming months, which would affect corn and soybean production. Conditions are much better for India, which isn't too far away from harvest. India winter crops are reproducing right now. Not only the wheat, but pulses and uh, the rapeseed crop over there all looks really good. And this is percent of normal chart for uh, January 1 to February 14th. And uh, almost the whole key production area has been above normal. Almost all of the uh, all the wheat is pretty concentrated up there across the northeast, but rapeseed is in uh, a larger area to the southwest. And all of that area is doing really well, as well as most of the pulse crops. So, uh, India is going to have huge crops this year unless something suddenly happens over these next few weeks where it gets hot and dry. But I don't see the heat. I do see a dry bias for about a 10-day period, but then maybe a chance for some moisture coming up. Reproduction should end in early March. So I think they're sitting pretty for the most part. Over in North Africa, an area which is important for the Durham market, Morocco is in its third year of drought. As for the European Union, only Spain and Romania are in a deficit moisture position. Australia's weather patterns are also looking good for the 2022 growing season. Back to North America, Lerner says the big drought concern for this summer is for the Central Plain states, such as Kansas and Nebraska. I don't want to spend too much time here, but I do think it's important for you to know that there is a potential problem in U.S. cropland this uh, summer. The spring should be fairly good. There should be a lot of moisture around in the key Midwestern areas, not so much in the High Plains region. I still believe that we're going to have dryness there, and that's going to extend up a little bit into the southwestern prairies. But as we get into summer, the thing that's going to be most significant is we're going to have some dryness in the southeastern U.S., and we're going to have dryness in the central plains, all because of that, again, negative PDO and lingering La Nina, which will produce that ridge in the middle of the U.S. and a flow coming in from the, from the northwestern states. So the U.S. is going to have a problem with production potentially uh, if we keep the negative PDO. Uh, also, it'll be very warm in the central U.S. That's not going to help those crops either. But it's a good, good thing for the Canadian prairies, as long as the ridge in the U.S. doesn't get excessively strong. If it gets crazy, then it's a different story, and the eastern prairies could end up having a really tough finish. Drew Lerner is an agricultural meteorologist with World Weather, Inc. He was on a webinar this week organized by the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were on the upswing this past week. Livestock development official Lexi Hicks-Maxa compiled last week's latest market report. Well, this past week we saw some exciting things as feeder steer prices were up across all the reported weight categories for the week. Prices range from 249.33 per hundredweight for the 3 to 400 pound weight category over to 185.25 per hundredweight for the 900 plus pound weight category. 
The biggest price increase was seen in the 4 to 500 pound weight category with an increase of about $7.32 per hundred weight to average the week out at 245.70 per hundred weight, where the smallest price increase was seen in the 3 to 400 pound weight category with a price increase of 50 cents per hundred weight to average the week out at 249.33 per hundred weight. The average weekly prices for the Saskatchewan feeder heifer prices were also up across the reported weight categories. Prices range from 203.88 per hundred weight for the 3 to 400 pound weight category to 167.55 per hundred weight for the 800 plus pound weight category. The largest price increase reported was seen in the 5 to 600 pound weight category with an increase of about $5.50 per hundred weight to average the week off at 198.17 per hundred weight. The smallest price increase what over the week was seen in the three to four hundred pound weight category with an increase of about one dollar per hundred weight to finish the week off at two oh three eighty eight per hundred weight. What were the factors pushing up feeder cattle prices this past week? Well, we're not really too sure. Uh, a lot of the prices held steady all the way throughout the uh, grain prices. In fact, we actually saw quite a bit of increases. So I think it just comes down to the timing and the cycle of the market. Looking over the past historical markets that we have, we've seen similar um, markets come through around the same week. What were marketings? So Canfax reported a total of 14,002 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan this week, which is down from the 15,349 head during the week ending February 4th, but higher than the 6,519 head marketed during the same week in 2021. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? So prices of the live non-fed cattle in Alberta for the week ending February 11th saw an increase when compared to the week of February 4th. So the price of D2 slaughter cows saw a price increase of about $1.90 per hundredweight from the week ending February 4th to average out at $79.40 per hundredweight. While the price of D3 slaughter cows saw a price increase of about $1.20 per hundredweight, to average out at $68.70 per hundredweight. Lexi Hicks-Maxa compiles the weekly market report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were reflecting downward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for canola fell 140 at 928.22. One red spring wheat went down 210 at 437.39. The rest were unchanged. Durham 551.16. Feed barley 377.37. Flax 976.53. Lentils 859.80. Oats 551.53. Yellow peas 632.32. Feed wheat 261.65. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat rose two and a half cents at nine fifty-four and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. Now the latest quotes. Hello, Cattleman Junior for Heartland Livestock Services Yorkton with your market report for the week of February sixteenth. Big run on offer here this week, 2860 in the pre-sort and 523 head in the regular sale for a total of 33.83. On the feeder market, we saw the market trending steady this week with some classes a little higher. There's becoming a big demand for these light cattle in your grocery market. Here are a few highlights of this week's sale. 
Buckskin steers, 560 pounds at 240, 650 weights at 225. And the 708-pound buckskin steers at 207. Black steers, 495 at 261 and a quarter. 565 weights at 241.75. And the 710-pound black steers at 206. Red X steers, 500 pounds at 250 and a half. 650 weights at 220. And the 715-pound red X steers at 204.75. On the heifers, buckskin heifers, 485 at 212. 645 weights at $1.84. On the block heifers, 490 pounds at 211, and your 640 weights at $1.88. On the cow and bull trade, we saw a lot of good quality cows on offer. 443 cows averaged 79.50. D1, D2 cows, 80 to 90 with a high 92.50. D3 cows, 72 to 78. Your light shelly cows, 55 to 68, and your heiferettes, 80 to $1.05. On the bull trade, we saw 33 big bulls averaged $1.650 with a high of $1.2375 and a high yielding exotic bull. Producers, sheep and goat sale Friday at 11, and horse sale Friday at 3. Deliveries will be Thursday noon to late and sale day up until sale time. Next Friday, February 25th, will be our next bred cow sale. We have some dispersals and herd reductions listed already. Expecting 200 cows for this sale. Please call the office for further information. Also, producers, next week's pre-sort sale on February 23rd is just a one-day sort due to the family day holiday on Monday. We will be sorting on Tuesday only, so please call ahead and book your consignments. Once again, this is Junior for Heartland Livestock, Yorkton. Thank you, and have a great day. And the latest pork prices, $210 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The Saskatchewan government says the province is leading the country in year-over-year growth in manufacturing sales and wholesale trade. Saskatchewan's manufacturing sales increased 35.8% between December 2020 and December 2021, while wholesale trade increased 32% in the one-year time span. Trade and Export Development Minister Jeremy Harrison says the significant growth shows the strength in the economy. The sectors with the highest rise in manufacturing sales during 2021 were chemical manufacturing up 94%, food manufacturing up 16%, and fabricated metal products up 13%. The top performing sectors in wholesale trade were building materials up 19%, motor vehicles and parts up 16%, and machinery and equipment with a rise of 13%. In December 2021, the total value of wholesale trade in Saskatchewan was more than $3.2 billion, while the total value of manufacturing shipments was more than $1.7 billion. On the markets today, the TSX is down 28 points at 21,355. The Dow has fallen 360 points to 34,573. Oil is down $1.67 to 91.99 per barrel. The Canadian dollar has increased two one-hundredths of a cent at 78.80 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. 
Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.